You're listening to Cinema Geekly Podcast with Anthony Lewis, Aaron De La Hossa, and Glenn Bove. Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 106, cinemageekly.com slash premium is where we would like to direct your attention first. 12 bucks for 365 days of premium podcasts, of which there have been quite a few lately. Uh, yeah, Glenn and I have just wrapped up the, uh, the final episode for this season of Better Talk Saul. Uh, in which we somberly bid adieu to a fucking great show uh, that we wish there was more of, in fact. Um, but there's a lot more up there, too. Are you talking about Cybergeddon? <laughs> Cybergeddon. Uh, yeah, that'll be up for people to listen to as well. Uh, the season finale of, of, of Parts Unknown. That's, that's up there for free for everybody. But uh, uh, Glenn and I also finished, uh, we, we talked uh, Flashing Arrow, where we talked about Tricksters and Public Enemy. Uh, and Mark Hamill's awesomeness in, on, on The Flash last week. Uh, that was good times. Uh, the latest horribly flawed and incredibly decisive, where we decipher the greatest Quentin Tarantino movie of all time. Um, I don't know if it's going to be what people expect or not, because I asked my brother what he thought the greatest Quentin Tarantino movie was, and he said the movie that we picked. So, I don't know. I thought for sure he was going to go with something else, but he did not. And uh, the latest episode of Level Your Gear is up as well, called Six Figure Salary. Uh, so, yeah, feel free to go over there. The, the archives are all there as well. There, there are lots and lots and lots of podcasts spanning many, many, many hours. Uh, you're definitely getting more than your money's worth for 12 bucks. Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go a long way to getting the server upgrade one day. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron and I will be able to log into the back end of the website at the same time <laughs> and be able to post an article. Someday this will happen. It's a, that's, nice. our, that's our <laughs> dream. And it's a good uh, thing. It's a good problem to have. Uh, also, uh, if that's not your thing, head on over to tpublic.com. Uh, we've got uh, links up on the website to pick up the Cinema Geekly Retro logo t-shirt, and uh, there's going to be more to come as well, but that's available in a variety of sizes and colors, also available in hoodie form and uh, in kid sizes and all of that good stuff. Thanks to everybody who's already bought and signed up for premium. That's awesome. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so much love, and uh, we're going to talk uh, a little later on about how you can get in contact with us as, uh, as well if you've got any discussions because i believe it was a cinema geekly premium user who suggested the whole parts unknown uh podcast to begin with which we are taking a break from 
uh, for a little while. We talk a little bit more about that on that particular episode. Uh, but for now, we have things to discuss. And Aaron, it comes no bigger than this whole Deadpool thing. Because mm. once the ball got rolling on this sucker bitch, <laughs> it just, holy crap, man, did it just turn Explode. into a, yeah, it just, a gigantic snowball of Deadpool shit has come out. Why don't you try to run through everything that has occurred since we last talked about it, which at that point, I believe, was just the uh, the first official photo. Uh, since then, much more has come out. Uh, please try to walk us through all of it. It's all available on the website and, and on Facebook as well, but uh, try yes. to walk us through all of this. On April 1st, Ryan Reynolds uh, had tweeted that the movie was going to be PG-13. No, I'm sorry. He tweeted that uh, the day before that it was going to be PG-13, you know, uh, he apologized, and you know he made a joke that they would they could still do Deadpool justice, and you know it. it we all kind of expected the movie to be diverted to PG thirteen, so it wasn't shocking. It was it was disappointing. So, but you know we trusted him, and then the very next day, uh, this video comes out. Uh, you know th- that he tweets out. Uh, it says Ryan Reynolds addresses the Deadpool PG thirteen rating, That's and it's him and Mario Lopez talking. Uh, and Mario on Lopez extra, starts saying, yeah, on extra, Mario Lopez and his, his really, really disturbingly white teeth start talking about uh, how it's a good idea they're making Deadpool a PG-13 movie. And you could tell Ryan Reynolds is starting to uh, get a little upset about it. And out of nowhere, Deadpool walks behind Mario Lopez and comes back in a frame and just kills him with, uh, with, with, a, with like a, 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 a light. It was just yeah. a fucking gigantic light. And then uh, he says, fuck you, Slater, and holds up a sign that says Deadpool, you know, uh, will indeed be, or, you know, he holds up a sign that says uh, Mario Lopez and has, you know, his birth date and the day he died. Uh, <laughs> but he confirms that the movie's going to be rated R, like in that yes. video, essentially is what happened. I mean, it, it, it gave us our first real live action, you know, uh, motion of how the suit looks i mean you could see the eyes kind of move i mean it oh god it, it, it's right off the fucking page man I mean, they're making deadpool it, this could be the truest form yet uh the truest adaptation of comic book to film we have ever seen so all of the uh that sound you're hearing right now is the the release sigh of millions of deadpool fans around the planet earth is uh, you no longer have to worry about them having to try to tap dance around a PG-13 rating. Uh, they are, in fact, going to go balls to the wall with this mm-hmm. film, uh, which tells me that it's probably not going to be attached to any of the other uh, non-MCU Marvel films. Like, I, don't, I can't see it being attached to any of them. Like this. No, looking- no, it is, because... Uh, uh- they want to have they want to start including like Deadpool like in a couple of those little offshoot movies they're talking about doing with the X Men. Really? Yeah. Oh, that is that is interesting because I, I it, by the sounds of it, and I'm happy they're doing this because that it sounds like they're going to be able to stick a lot more closely to what the character is, uh, like just be a little more true. I mean, obviously they could they could still do that with a PG thirteen movie. And we talked about that last week how they could they could still make a good Deadpool movie even with that restriction but it sounds like without the restrictions now they're going to be able to do exactly what they want and how they want to do it absolutely um, it, this thing is going to be monster like I, I love what they're doing with uh with the way they're, they're rolling out all this stuff i mean you know obviously like a lot of stuff can't be helped with the set photos that have leaked uh and with the test footage but with them just without even any of that stuff leaking they come right to you and they show you deadpool doing deadpool shit you know live like in a sort of you know 
pre-trailer trailer. I mean, it was it's incredible like what they're doing. Like all they're doing is they're just stoking the you know the fanboy fire, and they're getting us fucking hard as shit for this movie, which you know we are already. But now it's just like, oh my god, you know, give us more. So, Glenn, did you see this video? Yeah. And do you have any thoughts on the video? Is this a relief to you that they're going to go rated R with this character? Yeah, I mean, it's great. I would probably say out of any of the comic book movies that have been made, this is being marketed the best. Yeah. And it's like, it's... It seems like they It's don't... what it should be. It, it's fun. It's mm-hmm. not taking itself too seriously, which a lot of mainly the DC ones have been doing. Oh, yeah. uh, but it's just being marketed like just it's what it should be. It, it should it should be a fun movie. And it and it, that's what it looks like they're doing with it. Yeah. And uh, specifically, I would expect to see that pop cast. up in the X-Force movie. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that seemed like is, you're right, Glenn, as far as the marketing goes, they know exactly what the the people who want to see this movie are and, and I guess I'm not ulti- ultimately I'm not surprised that they went with rated R because the whole reason this film is getting made is because of a clearly fairly R rated uh you know uh, the like the little demo trailer that we got like like the sizzle reel that they put together um that's why this movie got made in the first place was because of that those so they know the audience what the audience wants and i you know they're they are going for it and it looks like they're they're hitting the nail on the head every time as far as the the marketing goes the only thing that was just you know like i i can't believe like the x-force movie or the gambit movie would be rated r so it would probably have to be a toned down deadpool is my guess right. But uh, there's ways around that. I mean, you know, sure. he 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 could he could break fourth wall and address that to still give a wink to kind of like you know, right. like you know how he operates. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's exciting, man. As much as I as I wish, you know, beyond hope that you know they could get the X Men and you know all the Fox properties back to Marvel. I mean, it's they're doing good things, you know, at Fox finally. So. Um, was there anything? No, you've got a couple of articles up on the website full of set photos. Yeah. Uh, was there was there anything in the set photos that really stands out or, or gives anything specific away or anything that uh, caught your eye? Nope. <laughs> nothing. Not really. Uh, nothing, uh, that, nothing that was like, oh, that's interesting. No, I mean, you know, uh, the the latest batch of set photos, I mean, it, it looks like the uh, the test footage uh, is actually going to be in the movie itself. I mean, just from like the you see like, you know, black there's pictures of Deadpool flipping over a, a black SUV that's, you know, they're on the highway and he's running, you know, sword swinging, shooting stuff. So, I mean, uh, we could expect to see that pretty much shot for shot in the movie, I think. Uh, but other than that, no, I mean, nothing really uh, too, uh, too shocking. The the uh, the first batch of set photos that that leaked out, you could see uh, Ryan Reynolds in the Deadpool uh, makeup, you know, as Wade Wilson, like, you know, like unsuited and all that. And the yeah. scarring looks great. I mean, again, like the, they're, they're taking such a literal translation off the page from this. I mean, a lot of people would expect it to look silly, but it just it looks amazing. Like it's the yeah. best looking suit I've seen. They even have the point like on the back of the mask. So it's sitting like a hood. I mean, they, they, they've nailed every detail so far. And it's just I I. I I'm at a point to where I have to physically restrain myself from getting more excited about this movie because in my mind, you it do is not want to build. So big. Yeah, it, you don't want to get there and be like, "This failed to meet my incredibly high expectations." But right, it sounds like if like, I don't shit my pants and ejaculate simultaneously when credits roll on this, I might be disappointed. 
Yeah. Um, uh, but then again, it sounds like they might also be going from the script that both you and Glenn described as maybe the greatest yes. superhero movie script ever written. So mm-hmm. um, I, I thought I, th- I think the makeup looks good. Like it um, like I know it's him, but they did a really good job. It's it's almost like it's hard to recognize him. It's hard to see him through there like Ryan Reynolds. Right. Well, uh, that, Deadpool a- describes himself in the comic uh, as the uh, cross between ryan reynolds and a sharp and it's like a sharpay like a dog so i mean he they nailed it <laughs> yes uh tj tj there's a shot of tj miller who looks like a complete dope as per usual his hair man i don't know what's going on um so he's he's playing like uh wade wilson's friend right yeah um does he is he matching up to what the character kind of resembles in the books or does he not look as dopey and gangly as he does here uh i you know it, it I don't think anybody's going to complain if he's not like off the page as far as Weasel goes. I mean, you know, it, it's okay. The best thing about that picture is clearly that uh, that <laughs> that, that lady's butt cheek hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, his hair though, like it is really impressive. <laughs> I mean, we got to see um, uh, then Monica uh, or Marina Bacher and uh, also. Yeah, probably not in costume or whatever she's walking around i mean it might well i i think she's working at the strip club so i I believe her costume would have been underneath the uh the the giant coat she was wearing yeah 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 um glenn has all of this hype uh, are you are you further excited to uh to check this out is have your spirits been adequately raised or were you kind of just on board from the get-go uh, regardless uh regardless of this i i can say that i am i am definitely more excited uh, to see it because I, I feel like while they could have they could have managed a PG thirteen movie I think an unleashed rated R version is probably best for business in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm excited for it, but I don't. I'm trying not to overhype it, which it looks like Aaron is doing to himself. And you may not be able to overhype it; it may just be excellent. But I'm I'm trying to pace myself because I don't. I just always in the back of my mind, I always remembered how hyped I got for Terminator Salvation because I just thought those trailers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The trailers were fucking amazing. The trailers were the the trailers were really good, but they use nine inch nails. I still watch the trailers and I'm like, man, this (laughs) is you just skip the movie and just watch the trailers. Yeah, Yeah, and it's just you know, it's always in the back of my mind to be afraid. I don't want to I I try to come in that's an unfair comparison. There's no fucking way. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it could. It's not impossible. No, I'm, I'm oh, excited. Oh, how dare for you, it. sir! I look. I, I we we've got to temper our expectations a little bit. I, I, I'm not tempering shit. It is theoretically plausible that the movie could not live up to the hype. Like, I'm excited oh, to see the. Oh, come Avengers. on! Spider-Man Two lived up to the hype. Uh, well, I guess, but to me, that had a low bar. Like, I didn't think the first Spider-Man was particularly good. Uh, oh. Since, oh, yeah, since J.K. Right. Simmons, that might have been a shitty comparison uh, on my part. The Amazing Spider-Man one, I remember people trying to get excited for that as well, um, but that didn't do anything for me. We all know how that went. I was uh, excited. Spider-Man I saw the free. first trailer, and then they had to get rid of you know that scene. Indeed, yes. <laughs> um, okay, Glenn, time for you to zone out momentarily. Oh, good. I, I've been getting ready for it. Speaking of overhype. <laughs> oh, come on. This is this is this this couldn't be better news. I think Aaron would agree with me and perhaps Absolutely. Ben Knight would if, if he were here as well. But 
Um, Stephen Moffat was was doing an interview with Doctor Who magazine where he uh, more or less confirms that we're going to get at least five more years. They don't sound biased at all. Of Doctor Who. No, <laughs> Doctor Who magazine, a completely trustworthy and unbiased source for... Are they a Rupert Murdoch of... <laughs> Um, in magazines. Uh, here, here's the quote. He said, uh, "He said I thought it would last ten years, but I didn't think um, I didn't think it would last ten years with BBC Worldwide trying to get me into room to talk about their plan for the next five years." Uh, he says it's going to do a minimum of fifteen. I mean, it could do twenty six. Uh, his uh, basically when he's talking about it, he's like uh, the thing that is getting BBC so excited is that uh, their ratings are pretty much the same, which, uh, and he's talking about throughout the show's run since it's been rebooted, uh, which normally you're like, hey, wouldn't you want growth or something like that? It's not really how it works in TV. Usually a show finds its audience, and then the audience sort of tails off after a time. Right. Um, But he's like, no, he he says here, 10 years on, our ratings are pretty much the same, uh, actually internationally bigger, but no show does that. You're meant to go down. Doctor Who just stays, he says. It's extraordinary. So Because once you watch it, I mean, you, okay, that's it. This is my show. Yes. Once, that's not true. I, once, I watched it and it wasn't my show. You, you didn't watch it in proper context, Glenn. Yes, you got to watch. You really do have to watch everything and then decide to like it. Uh, there was there was a point. I mean, Aaron will tell you. I don't know if I don't remember. I don't know how well Aaron remembers this, but I told him about when I started because he <laughs> talked about it so much. I started watching it, and I don't know if he remembers or not, but it did in fact take me some time to really get into the show. It did. Um, it took me all the way past the first season, and I kept plugging along. And it was about midway through, like David Tennant's run. Yeah. Where there was just like an episode, and it, it just hit. It me. might have been right after like the werewolf episode. Yeah, something just hit me, and I was like, "Holy shit, this show is great!" And I I watched it as uh, in as much of a binge style as I possibly could, and got caught up, and then immediately went back to watch the earlier seasons that I did not enjoy as much because I'm like, you know what? Now that I've acquired the taste, <laughs> I might like the show better. And I went back, and guess what? I did. Even the crappier episodes, I enjoyed slightly more. Uh, they they still weren't great episodes, and there there were some bombs uh, in the early going. But there was definitely a lot of great shit too. Uh, it, it it literally is an acquired taste. It's something you've got to essentially. If you don't think you have the time to force yourself into it, it sounds so weird that you've got to force yourself into liking this show. But I did. I had to like decide. Fuck it. I'm just going to keep watching it until I can't stand it anymore, or until I like it. And uh, fortunately for me, I ended up really liking the show, and uh, I, I would not miss an episode now. It pains me to have to wait until it comes back uh, for the ninth series. So, Glenn, you've just got to—you've just got to be stubborn about it and and force yourself until you become utterly disgusted at the mere mention of the name of this program, or until you like it. There's there's really no two other ways about it. True. Uh, <laughs> How's that for a, a plug for a television show? A ringing endorsement. I hope BBC America is paying attention to this one. Absolutely. We're looking for some, maybe maybe uh, get some sort of coupon code for Cinema Geekly for your the BBC Worldwide Shop or something, perhaps. Uh, oh, that'd be with, awesome. <laughs> with, a, with, a, with an endorsement like that, I'm not sure how we could avoid one. Um, so, yeah, man, what, what, I, I'm sure you're super fucking pumped for this news that BBC is thrilled with the show and five more years at least uh must make you a happy person what what are your thoughts 
if any. <laughs> you disappeared on me. Okay, that's did fine. Glenn, did Glenn just phase that? <laughs> oh, no, no, I was going to say, I, I I don't care what Glenn thinks. Uh, clearly, you're... Yeah, I, I, that wasn't directed towards me. No, I, no, no, I, no. I mean, I'm not paying attention, but... Yes. I... He was paying attention enough to know that that question was not for him. Uh, yeah, so I mean, clear. I, I presume that you were quite pleased with this. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the uh, story-wise, I mean, the the show, you know, it, it's still great. I mean, it's still captivating. I mean, you know, the, there are, you know, there's down parts in, in any series, sure. uh, you know, and as as it were, the past couple of seasons. But I mean, you know, all in all, I mean, the show it, it's getting better. You know, the longer it goes, I mean. And really, you know, let's be honest. As long as this fucker's pu- make, making the kind of money it is for the BBC, it, it's never going to fucking stop. No, 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 no. Um, the, the, this thing is going to outrun all of us. Uh, I mean, the show the show has already outlasted the worry that because they had cast an older doctor that the 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 show's ratings were going to tank and it was not going to do as well because it's going to lose the uh, the younger female audience that was begging and clawing at Matt, Matt Smith's Just wait garage. until after uh, Peter Capaldi when they give us Rupert Grant as the next doctor. <laughs> We're due for a ginger, and he'll be of, of a decent enough age that can, he can pull in that Potter crowd. And he's, not doing, and he's not doing fucking anything right now, as best I can He's tell. on Broadway, that guy. He's still well, he's still working away, yeah. Well, I mean, he's not doing anything in, like, television or, or, or No, or why not? Let's get him to be the doctor. Uh, but, yeah, they... I mean, they Theon, are... Theon Greyjoy. Oh, shit. Yeah, let's get Greyjoy in there. Yeah. So it's he's really a, creepy. He's a looker. No, I, 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 I'm on. I'm back in Rupert Grant for that one. I'm officially casting my vote for him to be the the doctor after Capaldi. Or that kid, that Neville Longbottom kid who grew up into a decent looking human being. That no, he's he, he's not shit. Ginger. I'm going with Grant. That's you got. It's got to be the red hair, huh? Got to um, be. Yeah. So I mean, they they went past. Weasley's the, our king, son. They went past the uh, the the Capaldi is going to drive away the audience thing, and it didn't. Uh, it stuck around. Uh, and he was great in the show as well. Um, uh, and obviously, Absolutely. I don't, uh, and obviously, I've seen some talk. Uh, I think they're looking to kind of keep the same tone uh, from last season going into this season, which you know they should. It, it was a it set a a new tone for the show. It feels different than the previous seasons, yeah. uh, and it's sort of like you know this is the feel of Capaldi's Doctor, which is totally fine by me. And uh, according to Moffat, they said he is. Uh, they feel like he is really sinking into the role now. And I'm like, really? Because I thought about midway through last season, he really sunk into the role. I can't wait oh, if, he's, <laughs> if he's got more in his bag of tricks. Um, and and there has been, I believe there's been some weird ramblings between Moffat and Capaldi. Like people are asking him about like, oh, hey, with the show's popularity, what about a Doctor Who movie now? And neither of them seem completely adverse to it, especially Capaldi, who'd said he'd be totally on board if they ever did. Uh, a movie. Uh, really? So, yeah, once again, this is our... Uh, we have this discussion every year or so, Aaron, but uh, how would you feel if they went movie? They did it once. They did a TV movie attempt to try to appeal to Americans. And that and was Fox and the BBC, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it did not work. Uh, not so much. If they went, like, full-on, just straight-on m- movie, like movie theaters movie, Mm-hmm. Would would you be down for this? Would it be a good idea? 
Uh, I'd say so, but it'd have to be something huge. Like, you know, yeah. like he finally finds Gallifrey and they decide to kill everybody and he's got to reunite all the doctors together. So they get all the doctors together for the movie to go. But you know what I mean? Like oh, it'd have to be something like that epic level of like, you know, some shit where, you know, the doctor finally has to, you know, he and the Daleks have to come together to fight, you know, the, the Gallifrey time. You know what I mean? Just something like fucking monstrously gargantuanly epic like that for a movie. Other than that, no, it's fine as it is. Yeah, I mean, like, because you could say, like, oh, shit, well, it worked for Star Trek, but it... it, it Way it, different. It, like, the, yeah. Star Trek as a show was nowhere near the levels that Doctor Who has hit. Um, I mean, it, it's it's not even accurate. It's it, it it was hit or miss for Star Trek, if you're yeah. being honest. There, there were definitely hits, and there were definitely misses. Uh, and Doctor Who is such a different show. Like, they're both sci-fi, but... It's just it's hard enough to keep up with Doctor Who as it is. Like it's it's it'd be very difficult <laughs> to form, it'd be very difficult to form uh, a co- a coherent movie around it that would be, um, that wouldn't just appeal to Doctor Who fans. Because if you're gonna do something that big, it's gonna have to have a wider appeal. Put the rock uh, in it. <laughs> there you go. Holy Done. Shit. That's it. Um, did you hear the other Doctor Who sem- semi casting news? This ought to this ought to excite Glenn because he is really into that fucking Adam show that they're going to be putting out. But uh, um, uh, Arthur Darville has been cast in that show. Oh yeah, he's the, Rip Hunter. the time traveler guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's how they're going to get the uh, the canary back. Uh, Glenn, are you are you familiar with this Rip Hunter fellow and uh, and and what the fuck does he do? He's a, Aaron says he's a time traveler. Is this correct? He, he fell asleep. I'm sorry. Did we lose him? Wait, what? <laughs> we were talking about... <laughs> we we segued very smoothly for the first time in the history he, of this He's podcast. there dreaming of the guy who played Angel. We, we segued. You know, it's funny that you bring that up, because actually what I was doing <laughs> is I was on our Facebook page, and I just started clicking through our photos. Yes. And I started going through those photos, and then I came across that one that's like, I'm geeky and I know it, and one of them is the is the Buffy one. And I was like, oh, I forgot the one time where we were able to bury the hatchet just to dig it back up again. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was I was just telling Aaron how Doctor Who alumni, Arthur Darville, who played Rory during uh, the Matt Smith era of Doctor Who, one of his companions, is cast in the Adam spinoff show for the CW playing Rip Hunter. And Aaron, yeah, the... Aaron tells me this man is a time traveler, correct? Yeah, yeah, he is. He's, I guess he's, uh, he's like a less serious version of Booster Gold. Oh, I see. Um, so, but, but he can, so he can, tra- is it like a limited ability to travel through time or is this like an at will? No, he can just go. He uses a time sphere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he, so he's like, so he's going to be like Quicksilver in the last X Men movie where he could just solve all their problems pretty easily, but he can't for some reason. Right. Or he won't. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say because like, like maybe he's just too lazy to do it, and they're like, "Come on, take us back." He's like, "No, I'm fuck you. Yeah, I'm not doing that." I mean, I've still always wondered why Justice League, whenever shit goes down, they're like, "I eh, just send Superman out," and the rest of them just sit around and play PlayStation. Like Superman can fucking handle most all of the shit. So yeah, yeah I just it's one of those things where a guy has a power that is probably too helpful. Uh, what I mean, what does he probably... Well, Superman isn't even the most powerful being in the DC universe, if we're being fair. Well, I mean, wh- I mean, what does he? What does he? Is that Aquaman? Is he the strongest? <laughs> yes. Aquaman is as strong as him, but the Flash is 
technically the most powerful superhero. Two words. Really? Yeah. Captain just be- Boomerang. Just mm-hmm. close. He's like third. Flash did make Captain Boomerang pretty awesome. I will say that. Or was it Arrow? He was on Arrow, I think. Both. He was on both. Whatever. He was awesome in both of those shows. Better than I expected, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, so what does time? What does Rip Hunter do then? Does he just go back and stop shit before it happens and that's how he saves the day? Or is he more of like an explorer type person who... Is he more like the Doctor Aaron, where he just go, travels through time and saves the day that way? Or oh, I, I got no clue, man. Like really? DC is all Glenn. Like I just know this dude is, you know, he has like almost like a spaceship. I don't know. Where Glenn, he, he can travel. Well, Glenn, back and forth I, I don't time. know. Can you tell me what the fuck does this guy do or how he operates? Yeah, I mean, like he kind of. I mean, he'll he like helps people. Like he'll he'll help other. Like I said, Booster Gold. That's like probably the one he helps. Which Booster Gold's just the future version of him. Like. He could, he'll go through time, but he just uh, he just does specific things. I guess kind of like in Doctor Who, he'll huh. you know the Doctor kind of goes specific time periods and helps with that specific moment. He'll kind of just bounce around and that kind of stuff. I see. So it is it is in, in fact highly ironic that a man who is on Doctor Who will essentially be playing the Doctor. It yeah, sounds like I mean that is really weird. But cool, I, I guess. I mean, he may have been a ripoff because he was invented in 1959. Wow, there you go. Um, you mean the doctor being a ripoff of... Uh, oh, apparently Rip he's Hunter? good at the martial arts, too. So yeah, that'll well, be interesting. Yes, I can read his wiki page as well. <laughs> that, that's what I said, apparently, man. I don't know shit about this guy. I'm doing my research. No, I mean, he's not, he hasn't really been used. I mean, he was used in, like, the Infinite Crisis stuff, but he has, he's, not a, he's not a popular character. There, there, there's some of the lesser known. This, sound, this sounds like that show is going to be full of unpopular characters. Is that spit off? Maybe they just included him just to get the original Canary back, and then he's not going to be on the show again for till like the season finale. <laughs> it's like yeah. a guest starring deal. Okay, guys. So can we take a break for a minute and let's talk about Interstellar again? Because I got a chance to sit down and watch this movie finally. I'm, I'm so jealous you got to watch it for the first time. Oh, damn it! What? <laughs> I I hesitate. <laughs> I hesitate to say to say masterpiece, but it Ooh. was it was it was fucking it was I such a great movie. For everything you said about the Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> no <laughs> way, no way, because there is <laughs> no way because there as confusing as some of the shit was in Interstellar, it it was far less confusing than anything that happened in the Dark Knight Rises, uh, as best I can tell. Um, it was like from just from like a visual standpoint. People should watch it, even if you watch it with the sound off, just no, so you, you can you go. Have the sound uh, on to you hear, can't hear watch this, the music. Saturn, the Saturn money shot with the rain. Oh, with I the mean, rain and the thunder. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. Oh my god! Amazing. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying. Look, you could watch this movie with sound off and just go, "Ooh, pretty," and get your money's worth. Probably, it's that visually stunning. It is a visually, it is an amazing. It's on an IMAX. Oh, did you see mm. it in IMAX? Yeah. Oh, the next film, the, the jealousy. So jealous, I yeah. saw it. I saw it two days before it was because they were doing like the two days before the official release. They were using the act like the actual size film, the seventy millimeter that they yes. would use on that they use for the movie, and that's that's what I saw it on, and it was glorious. It was it was great. Um, the performances were were all pretty damn good. Um, I'm trying. Who to... Who was your favorite besides Tars the robot? Tars was fucking great. I fucking loved Tars. Shoot, the, straight slick. 
<laughs> the the fucking get all my slaves for my robot colony. <laughs> I, I love the he's like, you know, he's like, hey, I got an indicator light to let you know when I'm joking. And he's like, yeah, great. Use that. And he's like, good. You can you can use it to find your way back when I shoot you out the airlock or whatever. And then there's like the perfect pause in between that and then the light turning on. Oh, it's so. Oh, my God. I laughed my ass off. I rewound that scene at least three times. It, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Tars is Tars is a great robot character for sure. Um, what is he I, as enjoyable as Gertie from Moon? <laughs> Um, they're. I think they're very different robots. But, they are wow. very different robots. Wow, Moon is also Moon is also a good movie. But you just made things very real, Glenn. I think I kind of liked how cheap Tars looked. It was practical. Yeah, I was gonna say it looked like a practical robot that was either like, built or had some poor soul, uh, uh, you know, inside it. Like it made sense when you saw what it was doing. Yes. Like, oh, it was. It is extremely functional. Uh, yeah, it was poo-poo. part Transformer too. I, I mean, yeah. I was. I mean, it looked like a a Nintendo cartridge. It's what it looked like. It really did. Man. I mean, uh, Matt. Did. I mean, Matt. Matt Damon was really good in this movie. Uh, uh, he's a bastard and a half in that movie, but yeah, he's man. good. Jessica, so good. I, I like Jessica Chastain. I thought she was pretty good. Uh, I was actually pretty surprised at how much I enjoyed McConaughey's performance because I sort of just built up the whole. I think it's lar- I think I think I think it's largely from Jim Carrey making fun of him for those fucking Lincoln Town Car commercials. That- I still love those commercials. Every time I see him, I'm just like I just close my eyes because I just picture him like in Interstellar again. Am I dreaming him or is he dreaming me? <laughs> um, but yeah, he should do books on tape. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I would listen to anything. That's the Hemingway though. But that uh, that scene that the scene where they come up from the first planet, the one that had the the time distortion because of the proximity to the black hole, and they learn that they were gone for twenty three fucking years, and then he sits there and then watches twenty three years of messages from his kids play before his eyes on the screen, and he just breaks down and loses it. That was such a devastating scene. Did you also mm-hmm. cry? Oh, I was holding back tears. It was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I, heartbreaking. I fucking cried. God damn it. And it was well done because you're not so much watching the video, you're watching him. Yes, yeah. You're just watching you're just watching his reaction and he is so good in that scene. You're able to just put yourself in his shoes. Like automatically you you can just you you get it. You can totally feel that is exactly how you know he would be reacting in that scene. And you empathize with him. It's fucking horrible. Uh you know, luckily for Anne Hathaway, her dad is super fucking old Michael Kane and he never ages in front of her eyes. He's always old looking to her. So it works out good. <laughs> yeah, he, he turns out I mean, the whole thing where well, kinda. I mean he he was mostly a, a piece of shit, but there was there was some good there too. Yeah. I mean obviously he's got the I'll, I'll flip that. He was mostly good and just partly a piece of shit. Yeah, well, I mean, he had the he had the continuance of the human race in mind. Basically, he had to lie to everybody to be like, "Hey, there's a plan A where we get you find a new planet and we get all these people off, and humanity's going to continue." But in reality, there never was a plan A. Plan B was plan A, which was find a new planet and fucking seed people, uh, grow them in test tubes, and then start you know turning them into human incubators because that's the only way humanity is going to survive. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a, just a gorgeous movie. Even, even when you get to the end and shit goes super crazy where he like travels into like the future where he is literally messing with the fabric of time. Yes. Where he, and, it, and I think it's, I think it's kind of beautiful how they, you know, 
design it or whatever. And like the future, he learns like the future spoiler alert essentially hangs on his daughter. Like it's not him that's important. It's his daughter. And this, this future human society was able to trap time essentially, but only in this one room, like his daughter's bedroom and time can be like, they can manipulate that space, but that is it. Like the future us. Yes. Yeah. Like shit got timey-wimey like out of nowhere, and I was like, okay, I buy it. I didn't even question it because of Doctor Who. I was like, okay, that's Doctor Who rules. I got it. Yeah, and he and he's able to send messages and stuff. Form rules. That's what that is. Yeah, that's That's girl in the fireplace shit right there, son. That's astrophysicist rules. Doctor Who, girl in the fireplace. I mean, that, that's his theory. I mean, that's the whole gravity thing is a part yep. of Kip Thorne. So, yep. when Neil deGrasse Tyson says, all of the science adds up, I mean, I'm not going to criticize logic. No, no. <laughs> I, 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 will, I, will never tell, I will never tell NGT he has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, I fucking love Neil Tyson. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's great. I mean, and he, he fixes shit or whatever, and he meets his daughter again when she's really old that's also a heartbreaking scene and, okay how great is ellen burstein like yes. she does and it's weird because she's coming out there she's gonna be in a new movie looks terrible with blake lively and harrison ford or who blake was lively. ellen burstein she was she's the mom or the 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 Jess, jessica chastain all grown up as a grandma the old yeah old old murph yeah. what yeah really? at first i thought yeah at first i thought it was jessica chastain just make up the fuck up but it's not yeah, but how like how well Ellen Burstein just is able to play off the idea that he is her dad? That's yeah. crazy. I mean, that's recognizer. That's so bel- it would that's what to me what made it all work was the fact that how well she was is making me believe that that was her dad. Like I mean, that was Yeah, I mean, she is she is this old woman and clearly she is on her deathbed. Um and she's got all of this family around her. And then she sees her dad for the first time in God knows how many years. Like 60, almost 70 years. Oh, actually, no, because she was in hypersleep. So, yeah, God, who knows? Probably hundreds of years. Yeah. Uh, and she sees him for the first time, and he looks exactly how he did when she last saw him. Is like a total mind-bending, mind-fuck thing. And it's a hard You could tell, too, like, you know, she still had, like, you know, she carried on, like, you know, the, the, the biggest, you know, strength of Murph was, was like, her strength. So, like, you know, even though she was, like, dying, essentially, like, from the second she woke up, she was still pretty fiery, like, you know, but she's still, like, oh. Her, her performance in that in that scene was just, I mean, fucking superb. I mean, from top to bottom. And you just got to give, you just got to give Nolan credit for just hitting shit right on, right on the top of the head. This is what, he, this is like what Christopher Nolan does. If like, they don't <laughs> hint at somebody feeling something, they just come out and say exactly how they feel about something. Like in this case, Mur- they, they, they note that Murph is short for Murphy and they named her after Murphy's law, which is essentially an explanation of what this fucking movie is, which is anything that can happen will happen. Uh, and that's essentially, I mean, that's essentially what everything really fucking is. If it happened, it's part of Murphy's law. Uh, right. uh, but which is a great law because he just he owns everything. He's like, uh, fuck yeah, you, buddy. You know what? When you think about it, what a fucking cheap ass law. What a what a fucking easy thing to say. Hey, Dude, you know it's, that? it's brilliant. Did you know that everything that can happen will happen? Right. So he I mean, called he a, called everything like yeah. he just he dibs. You, Everything. Everything, yes. Yeah. Like, you're not making a prediction about something because if it doesn't happen, well, then it wasn't part of the law. It, it, Simpsons did it, bro. Yeah. Or, 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 or it will happen. It just hasn't happened yet. Right. You may not be around to see when it happens. What a great fucking law. What a brilliant man Murphy was. 
Absolutely. We should all we should all strive to be as brilliant as Murphy from Murphy's Law. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how we got to. I, I also watched Big Hero Six. I've not got around to watching John Wick yet. That is oh, for some reason 6. I just started thinking about Fun Murphy movie. Brown just because we were talking about Murphy so much. Uh, but I watch but I watch Big Hero Six and it is a truly great superhero movie. It is yeah. really, really good. It's really fun. And it's mm-hmm. it ends. like It's so weird how fast-paced that movie is. Yeah. It, uh, it wastes no time. And it gets pretty fucking sad at the end as well. It's, it's pretty fucking sad the mini, in the middle when his fucking brother blows up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my that's, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like what... Yeah, no, the end of... Oh, man, dude, I that mean, was when, like... When Baymax has to sacrifice himself to save those two kids... Oh, it's, it was fucking it was fucking great. I mean, of course, they they weasel the way around it and his his memory chip or whatever. And the kid just builds a new robot and sticks yeah. it in there and Baymax is back. But um, it's still awesome. Uh, it, it's, it was a great movie that I hope they sequelize very soon because uh, it was it was just a shit ton of fun. Too busy making Frozen 2. Well, I mean, they they should probably make that too. I keep people... and wreck it, Ralph, oh, too. I, I can't I wait to hear those happen. songs over and over again. <laughs> let it snow, let it snow. I I, I am pretty excited for Wreck It Ralph too, though. Yeah, I, I liked Wreck It. I like I liked Wreck It Ralph. I, I did. I didn't, didn't. I did not love it, but I thought it was really also cool. also sad moment when he's gonna fucking fucking punch the volcano, and he just says that speech. You know. I, I'm no, the, the worst part was good. when he had to when he had to break her cart. Oh, yes, so heartbreaking. The uh, when, when you have kids, Glenn, that'll be the one that gets you. That'll be the scene you're just like. Oh, oh I have them. I just don't care about. I mean, um, <laughs> I don't have them. But I don't even know that I claim, right, brother? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, up on the website right now is uh, uh, Aurora's latest review. She reviewed it follows. Yeah. Hey, David Crow. I didn't review that. <laughs> Uh, the Ghost Terminator movie. Actually, she talked to me about this. Who the fuck is David Crow? He's my friend who, co- when I shared it, commented and talked to me about it as as if I reviewed it. It's like I have not seen this movie. You should probably oh. read the author. Yeah. Um. Thanks but for I reading. Want to. Thanks for reading, though. Um. I yeah. She thought the movie was okay. She gave it three out of five. Um. I had no idea what this movie was about. And when she told me, it blew my mind away. Uh, she says this is. <laughs> oh, I, I don't want any spoilers. I want to see this. I want to. See it's got movie. like a ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't no, want to. I don't want to spo- keep it spoiler-free, or, or you know, I'll take the headphones off for a minute. But don't. I don't this, want to fuck spoiled for me. This doesn't give anything away. This okay. is just because uh, it's it's right from the get-go you learn okay. about where where the it f- comes from uh-huh i would have never guessed in a million Tim curry movies. no oh okay. here's how here's how her review starts off what if there was a sexually transmitted disease that instead of giving you physical symptoms it made a creepy naked entity that follows you wait what <laughs> this wow. comes from sex like it's it's passed on it's like an std and if you have sex with a person who has it, the thing passes on to you, and it follows you. Did, oh, so you so have like sex in Bomberman, with did you Kirk have... Cameron make this movie? 
I don't know, but holy shit, that, that lights Fuck, up. I kind of don't want to see it now. Is oh, he, that sounds bad. Is he like an executive producer on the? <laughs> is it just like a walking foreskin man that's just chasing you down? <laughs> no, no, no. Like it, it like an, handfuls of pubes at you. Like I think it, it think Pixie it takes in your food. I think it takes on the form of other people or whatever. Like it takes on a semi-human form or something, but of the people like like of like the last person like that dude nailed like kind of deal like because you slept with the person last yeah, it sounds, I, th- I think something like that i don't know but it well it, like uh, what do they do like they just follow you around and like, like can other she, can other people see him or, or are they only visible to you i think other people can see it yeah oh so you just have this creepy ball bag walking around behind you but if like you like yeah it's, so it's just, like having like an ood. You have an ood following you around. It's played I, by Michael Chiklis. Yeah, I, I don't see how that's really like you know that much of a bummer. <laughs> it's just a how is just this a horror movie? That roll, sounds ridiculous. Just rolling testicles. Yeah, following just you, walking nutsacks everywhere. Just a bunch of little bald Brett Ratners rolling around town. <laughs> uh, um, did any of you guys see the final trailer for Avengers: Age of Ultron before we move on? Yes. There is a there was one final trailer. Uh, which of course looked great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think it had a few new things in it. If my not really too much. Yeah. Uh, the whole gang, the whole Avengers gang, is doing uh, talk show appearances. I think this week or this this coming week, um, and they're probably going to show some clips and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big question that I have, because I sort of get the feeling that they want to try to maybe Empire Strikes Back this particular movie. Like this is the the movie where things this will be get... a gut punch. Yeah. yeah. So does somebody Aaron have to die in this movie? And if so, who's, who's getting killed? Cause we know it's not going at the very least, we know it is not going to be Iron Man, Captain America or Thor. Cause those people have movies. I think, you know, it, it ends with, with Hulk being, you know, going into space. Like I think how that, how that, that's how they excuse him for the next couple of movies. But I think if anybody dies, uh, it's got to be one of the twins, Quicksilver, or Scarlet Witch. You know, money's on Quicksilver, and maybe like they destroy Vision, and then you know it takes them like a couple of movies before they you know bring it back. You know, something like it, it'll be someone they introduce in this movie that dies. Right. Um, I, I can't see it being Hawkeye. Ah, I mean, shit. Hawkeye. Hawkeye seems like be the Hawk- most dispensable person of the whole group. He, yeah, does. he doesn't even have his own solo movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, neither does. Ah. Neither, neither does ScarJo, but right. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. she's at least in other movies. That is true. He, he has a Thor. cameo. He has a cameo. Yeah, that is true. Not, uh, not a titled role. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be him or one of the twins. Maybe Vision, but, you know, like we're pretty sure Hulk's going to be gone at the end of this. So, like, you know, there's there's going to be a – it'll be a big bummer in a lot of levels. And plus, so you know, just, so it's going to just... show, like, you know, Tony and Cap, I think it's going to lead – that's going to be a big part of the breakup right there. So the movie's really going to end on a, on a lot of suck. So, so, I mean, how does it, how does it work here then? Do they just decide that the whole group just kind of huddle together and decide that, you know, Ruffalo's over there in the corner and they just decide Hulk is too dangerous for everybody here. So they gather up some Reese's pieces and kind of lure them into a spaceship or. What yeah, the, pretty like much. That? It's like uh, <laughs> Tony Stark, Reed Richards, uh, Dr. Strange, Black Panther were like the main ones, like you know, to that figured it was a good idea to get him off first. I mean, you know, besides uh, Mister Fantastic, they got all the principles there to you know at least introduce them further. You know what I mean? So it's possible. Uh, Glenn, does somebody have to die in this movie? And if but so, then again, who's... I mean, I'd like to see Hulk in the Defenders movie. So here's hoping they don't do that. <laughs> well, I, I can't imagine they would do that either. I mean, maybe they would. It's not like they they can't. They could. I, I just don't know if they will or not. Or maybe, you know, Banner and Hulk split. I mean, just something like, ugh, give me something. 
Uh, so what do you think, Glenn? Does somebody have to die? And if so, who is that person? I would only say someone has to die if they didn't do the whole let's tease someone dying in the last one. But yeah. to me, that's just cheap. But well, I mean, because they're going to have to do it. I know you have to. That's the rules. But yeah. Well, I mean, they're kind of teasing it in the trailers for this one. Like something is someone is something bad is going to happen. Someone's going to get killed. Like, I mean, they did. Uh, somebody did die in the first Avengers movie, but, they, yeah, you know, they, they brought him back. Um, I don't think anybody I, knows about that in the Avengers, but uh, I personally would want I, I, I want because it's she's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Black Widow should be the one that that dies. Really? Because I think she's I mean, it would be a bigger impact than Hawkeye. she. Well, I mean, if you're going to I just don't the way they're kind of doing this and she's been in, you know, each of the two leads movies. She's got a connection, kind of, you know, Coulson. She's really just the sexier Coulson. She has a connection to all of them. So if you're going to go with the whole Civil War thing, I feel like if she dies, she works as a bridge between Steve Rogers and like the and she's Tony the final Stark. straw, like in what breaks them up. Yeah, I just I feel like if Damn, she dies, that's there's a good idea. Dude. There's there's no buffer between you know, the two strong personalities of Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. I mean, even you hear it in those comments, like, are you the leader? Oh, no, he's the leader. I'm just the one who makes all this shit. Like, yeah. it's... Uh, I pay for everything and make us all look cool. She's the one who's able to... It seems like, just with any of them, she's able to kind of be the mom and, and kind of, you know... You know, we all think it's it's uh, Samuel Jackson, but really it's it's her that it keeps the glue all together. They just He just kind of shows up and, you know, be Samuel Jackson, which is awesome. But I feel like if her... Her dying to me would have the greatest impact on all of them. Yeah, I think that's a, a much especially better especially if yeah. you're going to do the Civil War stuff between those two characters because of what she means to right. each of them. I mean, if it's... Hawkeye bites the dust, everyone's going to be like, "Oh, of course, Hawkeye." Yeah, I mean that's. Hmm. Uh, but if you're really going to go for a fucking gut buster, I feel like it would be her. I think that would be the it would, and even for freaking Shield, like the TV show, like that would definitely have rumblings for the show. So that would be my bet. Or yeah. not my bet, but that's what I would do. I don't know. I'm right there with you. I think that's a. I think that's a good call. If they're going to do it, um, I don't know if they're going to do it, but if they do, it just it, it, like if you kill off one of the twins, okay, you you killed off someone that you brought in for this fucking movie. That's it. Like and like you said, Hawkeye. Like who cares? I mean, that would suck if like Idris Elba died, who's apparently going to be in it, or Loki died. But you know, it, it's. I mean, you can't kill Loki because then why the hell would you make another Thor movie? Uh, but just, you know, it doesn't, to me, it just, it, I think hers would be the most impactful if you're looking at the story. Um, all right. So let us hop real quick into the box office results. Um, oh, and by the way, Aaron, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Glenn was telling me that apparently there's going to be no post credit scene for the Avengers. Yeah, that's correct. Just the, the mid credits tag and that's it. Oh, okay. Well, this see, still mid credits. That counts. Yeah, still mid credits. Just no post. Yeah, the important shits in the mid. The Absolutely. End credits are just jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So number five, we've got uh, Divergent Insurgent, which uh, fell from number three to number five, <laughs> and did ten point one million. Uh, Cinderella stayed at number four. Woo! It made ten point one million. Uh, Get Hard fell from number two to number three. It did thirteen point one. You guys do not understand the levels of. Of dropping out, I had to do to try and not see that movie. There are so many people that were pressuring me to, to make me see that movie against Watch my will. Really? Yeah. Ugh. 
How's it, I escaped uh, it. How's it doing on Rotten Tomatoes, anyway? Like 47, I don't know. I'm just guessing off the top of my head. No I think it was like, I. I think it was, um, Get Hard is uh, 29%. That sounds about right. Uh, number two was Home, which fell from the number one spot last week. It had an almost 50% drop off. It made $27 million. And to the surprise of absolutely nobody, Furious 7 opened number one, setting an April record. Woo! $147.1 million. Right or die. Funny. Just put the rock in the Doctor Who movie, man. Problem solved. Money, 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 money. Uh, yeah, but the sad thing is the rock isn't in it that much. <laughs> Printing money. You don't you don't need him in it that much, clearly. I mean, uh, look, I'm not spoiling anything, but fuck, you get I mean, you get to see a rock bottom in the first five minutes of the movie, so it's worth it. Really? Uh, yeah, he rock bottoms Jason Statham. It's awesome. Of course. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> did he do the elbow too? No, no. He did the people's elbow in the last one. I did he, did he do the eyebrow? Uh yeah, because he's like, What the fuck are you doing? Him? Oh, you you're hacking the wrong dude's computer, you know. Uh, is that what he yeah. says? Is that verbatim what he says? Uh, I, you get the gist. I mean, he does say you are hacking the wrong guy's computer. Oh, uh, only uh, only two only two movies are brave enough this weekend to open against Furious Seven. Uh, one is a dramedy called Danny Collins, starring hmm. Al Pacino. Ooh-ah. Oh, uh, Annette Bening and Jennifer Garner and Christopher Plummer are oh. all in this. Wow, and uh, it's uh, about Pacino playing an aging 70s rock star who can't <laughs> give up his hard living ways. Um, the Is movie, he singing this movie? The movie, I, I hope so. Oh, God, if he does, I might have to fucking see it. The movie, sir, out of 63 reviews, is at 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Get out of here. It says, thanks to Al Pacino's stirring central performance and excellent work from an esteemed supporting cast, Danny Collins manages to overcome its more predictable and heavy-handed moments to deliver a heartfelt tale of redemption. Whoa! That is fucking insane. There you go. And the, uh, the big release this week features our good friend Scott Eastwood. Oh, in the longest ride, Scotty uh, Eastwood, and uh, answering my Instagram question from several weeks ago about what happened to Alan Alda, he is in this movie. Poor Alan Alda. I'll just watch. Oh, he was match. great in the Aviator. Now this is a uh, Scott Eastwood is a a bull rider in this. I, yeah, uh, right? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bull rider. Forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes with only ten reviews. Don't we Nicholas have this Sparks, movie? man, this motherfucker! Oh my god! Like we have eight seconds. Do we need another one like that? We already got that bull riding movie. Hasn't there been? An, haven't we said all there needs to be said about bull riding movies? I think he just flips through the channels, and, and every movie he sees, he's like, oh, "Okay, I got to make that." But you know, about romance. So like it, it, one day he's gonna watch fucking Top Gun, and then that's gonna be like you know the highest selling. Uh, <laughs> You know, romance novel of all time. Well, like, to be sure, like, when you all say, this fucker does is just make, oh, what a piece of shit. Fuck flip off. through channels, you mean when he goes between Bravo, Own, and Lifetime. Oh, my God. He's just going to rewrite and rehash material. Quality channels, to be sure. Um, he oh, and I mean, Tyler Perry need to go to Thunderdome. One of them has to fucking go. Oh, here. could this be like, okay, so this could be the lead up match before the main event with Dick Cheney versus Vladimir Putin? Putin. Oh, nobody, yeah. nobody caught any of that, you guys. <laughs> I don't care. No, but, but I, I want to bring it back around and say, yeah, that I would buy that. Like, that is, that's the warm-up card. Like, that's the curtain jerker right there. Or at least two dickheads squaring off. 
<laughs> and then after that, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna pump them up a little bit more. We're gonna go Franco versus Franco with James and Dave going at it because I'm tired of both of them. We gotta cut them down. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna wrap it up. I think we're we're at a good point. I think. And then I think right before intermission, uh, you do the Baldwin's. Oh, oh all of them in a, in a, yeah. in a no Royale. versus the Arquettes. There you go. It's a. Uh, it's like <laughs> let's gonna say it's like Romeo and Juliet all over again. It's a uh, the Hatfields and the McCoys as well. Oh, it versus is. the Lawrences. Yeah. <laughs> It's a three-way showdown. Either. Isn't there just uh, Joey and then what's his face? I thought there was Not three. Joey. No, Are that's enough. Two too many. What about Hanson? There's like five of those guys, aren't there? Something like that. One Direction, maybe. They're not related, but no, they aren't. Why not? Is One Direction like the? Is are they the new O Town or like ninety eight degrees? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, <laughs> ninety eight degrees. O Town. Uh, shit. All right. So for everything we talked about today, minus O Town and ninety eight degrees, <laughs> cinemageekly.com, and at least until we open our O Town and ninety eight degrees section of the website, which Aaron will be writing columns for apparently. Currently um, writing right now. <laughs> Uh, cinemageekly.com and of course Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, Tumblr and Instagram all at cinemageekly uh, we're constantly, things are getting posted all over the place on, on those various social media outlets, feel free to join us there uh, info at cinemageekly.com is where you can contact us to uh, let us know how we're doing, how is our driving and if you want to hear more about the uh, death match between Putin and Cheney, like we, we have this worked out so. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll it'll be. Yeah, Nicholas Sparks with a Notre Dame. That tells you all you need to know about this guy. Where Tyler Perry go? Yeah. I don't know. Winston and Salem. The uh, <laughs> the uh, whatever. What else do we talk about here? Oh, the podcast. Um, you can download it, of course, stream it, or download it from the website. But uh, if that's not your thing, we are also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and the TuneIn Radio app across all platforms: Windows, Android, uh, and Apple. Uh, we're widely available, uh, so no matter where you want to check us out, uh, you can hear the podcast. Uh, okay, so I think that is, in fact, it for this week. Uh, I guess we should very quickly explain, if you don't want to listen to From Parts Unknown, we aren't picking a new one this week. We're taking a, hi- uh, a hiatus. I almost fucking mispronounced that word. A hiatus. A hiatus, <laughs> a hiatus which sounds Dylan, like... That's he- how they say it in Texas. Hiatus. <laughs> is that, Glenn? Is that is that correct? Is that verbiage correct? What? Hiatus instead of hiatus. Is that how they say it down there? Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's how they say it. Sure. I mean, it's the biggest thing is is what you got to make sure you put the H in front of the W. But what? Oh my God! Yeah. Do you guys want to hear like one last bit about how much of a dickhead Nicholas Sparks is? <laughs> uh, he's working on a television show for ABC, a supernatural drama called The Watchers. Uh, it's based on his concept, uh, and he's writing it with. A lady who produced the film adaptation of The Time Traveler's Wife, and the show will then be further produced by a producer of Twilight. Oh, wait, he's well, making another Time Traveler's Wife? Print print money. Yeah, well, this fucking guy. Oh, my God. Rolling answers. I, I will say this. I, I do yeah, like he's Time Scrooge Traveler's McDuck. Wife. He's like Scrooge McDuck, dude. He's just rolling like in a vault of shit. <laughs> It literally shit. It is shit that he's rolling in. It's a giant Scrooge McDuck-sized vault, and when he jumps off of the diving board, he lands in feces. We need a Nicholas Cage like the bees, the bees, Wicker Man style. That dude, man. The shit. Ah, oh, it's in my eyes. Oh, good. He didn't. Okay, so he's just he's just rehashing that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so for Glenn Beauvais and Aaron De La Osa, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back next week on the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Hey, Cinema Geekly listener, it's Anthony Lewis. 
Have you ever asked yourself, Self, I'd really like to support CinemaGeekly.com. I love the content. I love the podcasts. It's all great. I love it. You'll want to help out CinemaGeekly.com. You want to help out the site you love so much. But you just can't. There isn't a way. Well, you know what? We've brought a way to you. If you shop on Amazon.com. And at this point, I'm not sure who doesn't. Amazon has a gajillion products available to people just like you and me. From movies, video games. You want to watch movies? Buy a TV, Blu-ray player. You can get any of that stuff from Amazon. You can buy like a kayak uh, from Amazon. There's literally something for everybody. If you're like me, you've got Amazon.com bookmarked. But you know what? I say to you, throw that bookmark away. Just go to cinemageekly.com. On the right-hand side of our page, there's a big button with the Amazon logo. You just click that. It takes you to Amazon like normal. You shop like normal. There's no extra cost to you whatsoever. But for every purchase you make through that link on the cinemageekly.com website, Amazon is going to shave off 8 to 10% of that purchase and give it right back to Cinema Geekly. So if you are looking for a way to uh, help out your favoritist website in the whole wide universe, or multiverse, or hooniverse, then look no further. Click that button on the right side of cinemageekly.com, buy yourself some cool shit from amazon.com, and help out Cinema Geekly all at the same time. (laughs) 